You're listening to the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey, a leading multi-platform audio content and entertainment company. Listen on the Odyssey app. For the ANA Champions of Growth Podcast, I'm Matthew Schwartz. Jim Williams, CMO of Uptempo, which provides marketing operations software, calls the typical B2B chief marketer the chief of everything officer, and the comment is only half in jest. In the last decade or so, the scope of the CMO job has expanded exponentially, as CMOs are now on the hook not only for ad creative and media buying, but managing for the customer journey, data management, and market trends. The CMO also has to be the consummate storyteller, catering to multiple buyers and keeping up with an ever-growing technology stack. The rub is that it's getting more and more problematic to align all of their activities with return on investment, which makes it harder for B2B CMOs to demonstrate their value to the C-suite. For some chief marketers, it's turned into a vicious cycle. But Williams has some salient advice for marketers for how to break that cycle. He joins me now for some illuminating discussion. Jim, thanks so much for being here. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. Jim, it seems like a lot of marketers out there have a tough time building relationships with their most important client, their company. Why is it such a challenge for marketers to communicate, not just to the rest of the C-suite, but throughout the entire organization? Marketing has gone through such an incredible transformation over the last 20 to 30 years. The organization, the function in the modern enterprise that's had the most digital transformation, it's gone from being very brand oriented and arts and crafts to an exercise in science and completely data driven. And that makes communicating to the rest of the org challenging because different stakeholders want to hear different things. A CFO wants to hear a very different story from a head of marketing than a salesperson out in the field or something that deals with customers, which might even be different from what the HR team wants to hear from marketing. They're they're all looking for different things. Um, So that's made it challenging. Expectations are very, very high for a CMO. Uh, CMO really is kind of viewed as the chief everything officer, right? They have to understand the customer journey in depth. They have to understand data analytics and technology. They have to understand trends that are happening in the marketplace. They have to be the great storyteller. They have to understand the power of the brand. It's this kind of weird dichotomy where it's an extremely tough job and it's getting harder and yet everyone seems to think they can do it. That makes it hard. CMOs are being asked to be C-suite conversant in order to demonstrate the value of marketing and show their financial chops. Fair enough, but speaking with the rest of the organization requires a different set of tools. So my question is, how do marketers go about serving both audiences and reconciling the two audiences? You mentioned that it requires a different set of tools. Those tools are both knowledge, experience, and skills, and then actually tools. <laughs> like the ever-expanding MarTech stack is in part to help a head of marketing and marketing teams better explain the value and return of marketing to others. To give you an example of that, think about the multiplicity of audiences and what they care about. Investors care about ROI. What, what return are you getting for the spend in marketing? But finance cares about related EBITDA and profits and sales cares about pipeline and the people team wants to care about the company brand and the CEO cares about all of this. And then there's whole teams of marketers that may focus on very different sets of things that are important to them, attribution or brand recognition or traffic or whatever it might be. The rise of the MarTech stack, right? This rapid explosive growth in the investment in marketing technology is in part to answer those types of questions. But inevitably, it makes it really challenging for a CMO to be able to have a grasp on all of those different answers at once. 
should marketers be spending more of their time cultivating relationships with the company's CIO or head of IT? It really depends on the organization and how the organization is structured. Not so much the BFF, but the opposite. IT controls less and less of the application infrastructure uh, that marketing uses. Uh, it's been the great democratization. So just as we had the rise of SaaS and the ability for any buyer, any business line of business buyer to effectively swipe a credit card and get going with some piece of technology, that's actually diminished the influence of IT. In fact, according to Chief Martech, IT is responsible for less than 20% of the spend on apps today. And the average organization has more than 290 SaaS applications being used. And many, many, many of those are part of the MarTech stack. Is MarTech frustrating? I wouldn't say frustrating. I think many, many heads of marketing cling to MarTech as the solution, the answer to many of their problems. But wrangling the multiplicity of options, the 11,000 plus MarTech solutions available to you, figuring out yeah. which one to invest in and getting the most out of it is a real challenge for marketing teams. Jim, as we head into a short break, Uptempo helps marketers to, quote unquote, cut through the fog of marketing. What does the fog mainly consist of and how do CMOs cut through it? It comes to describe the real challenges the CMOs have around accountability for planning, performance, and profitability of marketing. Amazing rise of the MarTech stack, right? The modern stack of applications that marketing teams use primarily to activate their marketing plans, to execute, to reach out, engage customers and buyers. It's fairly sophisticated, fairly complicated, and a lot of money is being spent there. And yet, if you look at the infrastructure that the actual marketing team uses today, like where do they set their goals? Where do they do their planning? Where do they put their budgets? How do they organize their team? How do they actually execute on projects? Almost all of that is run on freeware or it's run on spreadsheets or power pans or some instant messaging application or some collaborative work tool, et cetera, that was not built specifically for the need of marketers. That creates a significant challenge where there's pockets of isolated documents and strategy doesn't connect properly to the downstream execution. And so teams are almost immediately after a marketing plan gets communicated to the org, you have these widely distributed teams often doing their own things. So the fog descends immediately and it's really hard for a marketing executive to get visibility into how are the campaigns being executed today connected back to the strategy how are they supporting the goals of the organization? How are they funded? How much money is available to fund those? How do I change direction if I need to because there's some market disruption or change in buyer preferences? That's the fog. It's actually really hard to run marketing like a business when you're using a set of disconnected tools. The challenge is that money marketing teams are using a very outdated operating model today. They have this operating model that exists on PowerPoints and spreadsheets, and then they push activities out to teams to go and execute. And because many of those campaigns themselves are not connected to the performance metrics at the end of the day, it's hard for a marketing executive to go back to the C-suite and answer the questions that we talked about earlier. What is the return on investment you're getting for marketing? What channels are performing at the highest? What campaigns are not working that should be cut? Where should money be redirected? to get the highest return and the best possible results. And it's really hard for executives to answer those questions because they're not using an operating model that explicitly connects plans to budgets, to projects, to outcomes. Does that say that the, the art is becoming subordinate to the science? Great marketing is a combination of the tool, but certainly the data should support your creative direction. That's certainly the case. Stay with us. There's more to come. We now take a break for a brief message regarding Greater Good Magazine. 
Greater Good covers a wide array of brands and organizations that are looking to do good for humanity. Stories run the gamut, from a program sponsored by Chipotle to reduce food insecurity, to the eco-initiatives of the U.S. Postal Service, to the New York Islanders providing funding for canines to become guide dogs. The publication is designed to inspire marketers, along with the real-world intelligence they need to drive growth and boost their value. Find the publication at www.ana.net slash champions of greater good. Welcome back. I'm speaking with Jim Williams, CMO of Uptempo, about how CMOs and marketers get a better handle on building relationships and communicating the benefits of marketing throughout the entire organization. Is the lack of cohesion with the rest of the organization, tech, finance, product development, one of the main reasons why marketers continue to struggle with their content marketing strategies? It certainly could be a contributing factor to the struggle. It's actually much more about the buyer, the market that are being served, which creates the challenges around content marketing. And what I mean by that is I call it the consumerization of the business buyer, where 10 or 20 years ago, buyers relied heavily on interacting with salespeople to learn about products and solutions to their problems. When they read documentation, it came in the form of white papers or product collateral, kind of heavy content. And now here we are. 10, 15, 20 years later, where TikTok reigns supreme and those business buyers are consumers at the end of the day. They like short bits of content that are concise, that are compelling. They like content that tells an emotional story. And that's the real challenge that I think that marketers have is how do you take your business solution and package it up and convey it in content that's bite-sized and snackable? Because that's what the expectations are of the average person. Just as they're trying to figure out how to package the content up and tell it in a more compelling way, you know, make it much more like a commercial. Here comes the rise of artificial intelligence, which over the next three years is going to turn content marketing on its head. And we'll go through this period of time with the trough of disillusionment where AI tools flood the market with, frankly, lower quality content. That's not emotional. Uptempo is the combination of Brandmaker, Alocadia, and Hive9. How do these various assets help marketers' ability to demonstrate their value to the sweet suite as well as the rest of the organization? The combination of those uh, organizations provide marketing teams with a single platform that allows them to plan better, spend smarter, and execute with confidence. It is a system that enables what we call marketing business acceleration, right? A new marketing operating model that connects plans to finances, to execution, to results. How do you go about improving sales and marketing alignment in-house? That's a chronic problem in the business and a bone of contention for many teams. There will always be some of that tension. In fact, some of that tension is healthy. It's a healthy tension, right, between sales and marketing because sales and marketing deliver different things to the business and different mm-hmm. value. I hosted a recent CMO discussion that focused on sales and marketing alignment where CMOs were bemoaning the lack of alignment and uh, some challenges. And uh, four main things came out from that conversation. And the first is to move away from fights about credit, you know, source attribution of where pipeline came from. Marketing delivered this and sales delivered this. It's, mm-hmm. it's unhelpful, creates mm-hmm. more... Uh, problems, move towards shared targets, overall pipeline goals, revenue goals, bookings, et cetera. Align operational centers of excellence. There's a sales ops function. There's a marketing ops functions. Increasingly, people are talking about revenue ops function. That's headed in the right direction. You got to make sure that the operational supports for both departments are completely aligned and speaking the same language. And then the last two is invest in enablement. Just because marketing puts out some great campaign and great content doesn't mean that the salesperson is able to take that and use it effectively to engage customers and on the ground. And marketing mm-hmm. really needs to figure that out to support mm-hmm. sales. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and related is simplify the story. There's all this data that marketing has at their fingertips, but data doesn't necessarily tell a good story unless you spend the time to create that story. And, and that's a big part of communication between sales and marketing. And has implementing these four practices uh, improved the relationship between sales and marketing at your shop? We definitely are moving towards that shared operational infrastructure, the RevOps type goal. That's that's critically important. And we spend a considerable amount of time on communications. There's a weekly all hands call between sales and marketing to make sure we're aligned on that. There's newsletters that go out. We, we're really careful about when launching campaigns, about how to enable the teams and how to use these campaign assets in one-to-one conversations. Marketers tend to think of one-to-many. Salespeople think about one-to-one and just kind of make sure you're preparing for that. What's your approach with clients when it comes to planning, budgeting, and execution, and that marketing dollars don't get cut when times are tight? We did a survey in Q1 that suggested that more than 92% of marketers have already had their budget cut in 2023. And we just go through these cycles where investors look much more towards EBITDA and profitability, and then they'll switch and look more towards growth, and the marketing budgets tend to suffer. When we go and engage with clients, the first thing that we focus on is not necessarily their budgets and how they're managing that, et cetera. We kind of assess organizations against critical success factors. Have they articulated a set of goals and communicated that? Do they know how to measure value? Do they have the right people in place? So those people follow a set process that everyone has agreed upon. Are there goals around the outcomes? What are they trying to achieve? And then we get into, do your goals cascade into a plan that's agreed upon? Is there a living plan that people can access? Or are you talking about dozens of PowerPoints that are stuck on some SharePoint folder? And we start to assess that. And then we get to the more nitty gritty things like, is there a common taxonomy? Have you identified the metadata that you need to measure the success of your campaigns at a campaign level. And if not, we need to start putting that in place because the planning process must be governed by past results. You need to see past performance data in order to actually develop the right plan moving forward. Otherwise, you'll never get to that notion of agility that marketers desperately want. And is that what you're doing in-house to cultivate these kind of practices as well as for your clients? At a different scale, we work with some of the largest companies in the world. You're talking about thousands of marketers and hundreds that are involved in planning nine or 10 figure marketing budgets. That's not me. We don't have uh, that size. So at a smaller scale, I think every marketing team wrestles a bit with how to cascade strategic company objectives into an operational plan that everyone understands. We very much work on improving that as well. How do you spur marketing leadership? What are some of the things that you're doing that positions you as a leader in the company? What's different about your approach when it comes to putting yourself and other CMOs in a position that bolsters their success rates? Every CMO has a a slightly different approach and none of them are untested or, or unique. But one thing that's critical is keep my ear to the ground. I spend a lot of time talking with customers, listening to customers. I'm in Austin, Texas at a major event in the B2B marketing. I plan to spend a lot of time. I'm going to host a 30-person CMO breakfast tomorrow morning, and I'm going to be listening to what's driving their decision-making. What are their top concerns? How are they being agile in a market that's characterized by almost nonstop disruption? You need to stay very close to the data. We talked about how data is driving marketing. CMOs have to operate at a level where they know enough about the data infrastructure to be dangerous. You can't just outsource that or hand that off to someone else. Like someone else is responsible for all the metrics and the analytics that drive the business. CMOs have to get their arms around that quite a bit because data is going to drive your strategic decision-making. Invest in your talent. 
critically important. This function is changing so quickly. We just talked about the rise of generative AI. There's one wave of another transformation and you need a team that stays on top that you invest in professional development so that they understand these resources available to them and how it might impact their particular function. Invest in your people. It's so important. And the last thing I'd just say is community. I personally learned that there's a conference going on here. Yes, I'll attend some sessions and there'll be PowerPoints and I will learn there, but I learn much more by talking to my peers, people like me that have the same challenges, same struggles, same opportunities I do. So I stay very involved in communities of influence uh, where I can engage people one-to-one -one and learn what's working for them. Do marketers have to get out of their traditional recruitment centers? Marketing already has gotten out of their traditional recruitment centers. And just one one example of that is started with the pandemic and led to work from home. And now it's work from anywhere rapidly and, and completely decentralized marketing. I work with a com in a completely virtual environment that gives me access to talent, skills, diverse backgrounds that I might never have had before trying to recruit within certain regions. And it's also overall kind of leading to much more equity amongst marketers. I have someone in the Midwest working in a suburban environment. They, they can make a good deal amount of money. They're pretty damn close to like what someone might have made in New York City like two years ago. So I think those are all very good things for marketing, accessing different talent, different perspectives, and spreading the wealth. As we start to wrap up, marketers being asked to do so much. What are some of the marketing challenges that are perhaps a little below the radar right now, but are moving to the core, however, gradually? You got this big pile and big stack of things to do. Is there anything that you see emerging that is going to become more crucial to marketing success? Generative AI is the number one topic that marketers are talking about. It's the number one topic people are talking about at this event I'm at. It's what my team is talking about. How to use these tools to make yourself more productive and more efficient and more creative. How to not get overwhelmed by these tools. It is a highly disruptive, transformative technology that's coming online in the next five years are going to see just wholesale changes. And I think that scares a lot of people. A lot of people look at it as an opportunity, but a lot of people are, are nervous about that. Like, how is that going to disrupt marketing and how we staff marketing and what talent we need and, and look for amongst the teams? That's a big one. Do you think marketers moving forward are going to have to blow up existing structures and existing marketing constructs? Almost immediately, how the function, a domain of content marketing is done, how we produce content is going to undergo rapid change. This delicate relationship between in-house outsourced agencies and consultants and contractors and the rise of AI, there's definitely going to be some shifting there that's happening almost immediately. And then we may get into how do we do analytics? You know, we just talked about having data at people's fingertips in order to get better visibility and, and pivot fast to take advantage of opportunities. And AI has a potential to be highly transformative on that side as well. And we'll have to leave it there. Jim, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Matthew. I've enjoyed it greatly. To learn more about Uptempo, go to uptempo.io. Be sure to tune in next time when I welcome Jerry DeVard, founder of Becca, Black Executive CMO Alliance, who will talk about the key role the organization plays in fostering diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. If you would like to recommend a guest or topic for a future episode, please email me at mschwartz at ana.net. And be sure to subscribe to Champions of Growth wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. I'm Matthew Schwartz. Thanks for joining me. This has been a presentation of the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey.